with my bestie about movies and shit. Funny, I'm doing the same thing. We are so alike. It's crazy. We should like start a podcast or something. How many more times are we gonna make this joke? <laughs> Every single time. This is our Every official time because it never gets old. This is our official <laughs> intro. I'm Olivia. I'm Madeline. And we are two best friends who talk about movies. And we happen to be really good at it. <laughs> yeah. So this week I want to do something fun. A little more girly. I Ooh, guess. We do so many boring masculine things on yeah. this show. Yeah. Lay it on me. Like Pride and Prejudice. Um, <laughs> We're going to watch Ever After. Never heard of it. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I believe you that it's fun. Okay, it's a Drew Barrymore movie. Um, It's a Cinderella movie. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be doing our top five Cinderella adaptations. Okay, I'm here for that. Let's okay. just get into it. I, I I don't have anything else to say in the intro. Let's just let's. I'm excited to go watch it. So cool. ever after you got it. Ever after. Ever. We'll after. be back with our review of Ever After in three, two, one. All right, and we're back. We are back. We watched Ever After. I keep, I want to call it Ella Enchanted, and I know that's not the title. <laughs> <laughs> They're similar in a lot of ways, but not the same they movie. Are. No, far from it, in <laughs> fact. Before we get into like the plot of the movie, I'm curious, how do you feel about Cinderella as like an idea? Just like the concept of Cinderella. Um, Generally speaking, like, poor girl like taken advantage of by like you know evil step family is not like other girls get saved by handsome prince who discovers he wants a girl that's not like other girls like (laughs) it's been done but Mm -hmm. I eat it up every time (laughs) am I crazy about it no but do I still watch and be like oh my god she's not like other girls yes (laughs) it's interesting I've never like thought of her as uh not like other girls type character but i can definitely see how a lot of like adaptations of cinderella definitely play into that like like for example um like cinderella's story like uh the hillary duff one mm-hmm. she's not like other girls like she writes poetry and she wants to go to yale and she's you know works at a cafe and like she's not on the cheer squad and like all this stuff i'm not like i'm not intentionally shitting on like this the movie i like all these movies but it's like the same trope and it's like because they have to make her not like other girls otherwise how is the prince going to notice her mm-hmm. amongst all like the hot young noble women slash cheerleaders slash whatever so it's like it works but at the same time it's like it's like the way they kind of set it up to prove to show that she's not like other girls can like make me roll my eyes sometimes mm-hmm. Like yeah. when she was, when uh, Danielle was quoting Thomas More, I was like, okay. <laughs> she, he's like, you read more. And I'm like, stop. This is like, oh, you like the Smiths? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name five songs. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I guess, was like my take on Cinderella. I don't know. What about you? Um, I mean, like, I grew up watching the OG, like, Disney movie. 
but it was never like my favorite I don't know I felt like I had a hard I never was like drawn to her as a character unless I was like my mom told me to do chores or something and I was just like (laughs) I'm oppressed but (laughs) no I I guess I agree I feel like she she was never like a super relatable character to me um other than like I feel like I'm nice sometimes and I work hard and I it would be nice to it would be nice to be recognized. Yeah, it would be nice to get some recognition up in here. I I mean, I'm not like other girls. However, <laughs> no one has come to sweep me off my feet yet. And I'm a little upset about I it. I have my Bella Swan complex. Like, <laughs> No, not I'm like not boring and mundane. I am cool and interesting. And yet <laughs> no one has come for me yet. I have enjoyed all of the Cinderella adaptations in one way or another because it's just a fun story, but yeah. I guess it's, I've never really, really delved into Cinderella as a character and like the the history of it too much. I did do a little history on like Cinderella as a character and where the story came from. So I guess before we get into the movie, I could like kind of run through that as like a framework for where this movie lands I guess yeah I would love a history lesson especially because like the lady in the beginning is literally calling out the brothers Grimm like yeah I guess you kind of have to touch on the true story in order to understand the rest Cinderella as a character has like thousands of different variants and different like retellings over the course of history like all over Mm -hmm. the world but um as far as I could tell earliest known version was the story of Rhodopis, and she was a Greek slave girl who marries the king of Egypt. And this appeared somewhere between 7 BC and 23 AD. In this rendition, basically, she's a a slave girl. She's taking a bath, and an eagle swoops down and like steals one of her shoes and basically flies the shoe and drops it in the lap of the king. And the king is like, wow this is such an interesting thing to happen this shoe is beautiful but also how weird is it that this eagle just dropped it in my lap i must find out who it belongs to and basically that's where the like the king goes and like tries to find the owner of the shoe and then Mm. finds her and marries her and you know all that so it's like a rags to riches by chance because an eagle (laughs) stole her sandal that's a far flight if she's a greek slave girl taking a bath i'm assuming oh is she a an egyptian doesn't matter no you know what i'm getting too into it <laughs> you can I look up the plot questions. later <laughs> i have a multiple yeah we'll th- we'll talk about this later <laughs> but the first literary european variant was published by gian batista Basile uh mm-hmm. in italy in 1634 Jeez. and this one is a little more like closely related to the story that we know the dad is like a wealthy prince mm-hmm. and he marries a baroness or the baroness like convinces him to marry her and she has six daughters and so they, <laughs> she brings along six daughters then basically the rest of the story is very similar to what we know um but there's like a fairy tree gift giver lady i believe the dad like forgets that cinderella exists at some point interesting uh, but the most widely known version that we know was published in France by Charles Perrault, or Perrault, 
1697 and was later reimagined by the brothers Grimm in their folktale collection, Grimm's Fairy Tales, in 1812. Hmm. So Perrault's version is like basically the one that we know with the pumpkins and the fairy godmother and the stroke of midnight and yeah. um, all that stuff. And then Ew. the Grimm's brothers version is a lot more violent. <laughs> the stepsisters get like their eyes plucked out by birds. They like mutilate their oh feet to try to like fit the shoe. And it's like really awful. But oh my God, I know there there's a, like thousands of other versions out there and some of the other ones that i like heard of in passing in my research there was one where cinderella's instructor was like oh you don't like your stepmother here's what you're gonna do you're gonna open this trunk and ask her to like look into it and then when she's looking into the trunk just like close it on her neck and it'll break her neck (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and then i will become your mother honestly would solve a lot of problems yeah there's a lot of uh, wild variety in these Cinderella tales. I think a lot of the older ones, the father figure is not dead. He's just mm. around and all these terrible things happen to Cinderella and he just doesn't really do anything about it. So I think yeah. when we when we start talking about like our top five uh, Cinderella adaptations, like a lot of those, the father figure is dead because like why does she, why does she love her father so much if he's just like letting her get abused, you know? Yeah. And like why is nobody like looking out for her? Mm. And especially like in more modern times where it's like it is expected of both parents to want like, you know, to you know, guide and protect the child mm-hmm. uh with love and not just like a home. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought that the like violence and like I guess demeanor of Cinderella in the different versions is very it's like wildly different and yeah like sometimes she's portrayed as like the sweetest thing the most forgiving docile woman who is rewarded for her like sweetness with mm. marrying the prince and another one she's a lot more cunning and kind of like <laughs> okay with violence <laughs> yeah like I was gonna say look you like murder <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know that's that's the the small amount of research i did on the history of cinderella but i think as we talk about ever after and its place in in the overall saga of cinderella i think is is pretty interesting cool i'm ready to go i'm ready to party all right so ever after is a 1998 american romantic drama film inspired by the cinderella fairy tale it was directed by Andy Tennant and stars Drew Barrymore, Angelica Houston, Dougree Scott, and Richard O'Brien. <laughs> I know. The moment I heard Monsieur Le Pew, which is a fucking hilarious name, what, the moment I heard his voice, I was like, that's fucking Richard O'Brien. And because I watched it on Amazon and I, did, you know, when you pause it, it shows who is in the scene. I was like, knew it. I fucking knew it. His inclusion in the film is very interesting, and and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I loved it. It's also I really enjoy it. But yeah, (laughs) the film is set in Renaissance era France. The brothers Grimm arrive at the home of a wealthy grand dame, who speaks of many legends surrounding the fable of the Cinder Girl before telling the true story of her ancestor. The Cinder Girl, the like IMDb Wikipedia. plot summary of the film they just explain like the first two minutes of the film like that's it that's all Mm -hmm. imdb summarized 
but it's so. basically Cinderella, but through the lens uh, as if it were like historical fiction. All right. So do you want to give us a brief synopsis of the story? Sure. So we open with, yes, the Brothers Grimm talking to this dame and she's like, you told the story all wrong and you made people murder each other and chop their feet off or whatever. It's revealed that she is the descendant of the Cinder Girl. And she's like, let me tell you. We're thrust back to Renaissance-era France. Young Danielle, she's raised by her father, and he dotes on her, and he loves her very much, but he remarries this baroness. And, like, the father has to leave for something, and, like, it's straight. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I missed this, but, like, did the fucking baroness poison him or something? Because, like, he died immediately (laughs) after she showed up. Okay, he gets home. Yeah. and gives Danielle Utopia. He's like, this is probably a little too dense for you. You're eight yeah. years old, but you know what? Why not? I got nothing else. So yeah. I have no other gifts for you. So he yeah. gives it to her. She's very happy. And he's like, oh yeah. So like, by the way, I just got home. I haven't seen you in forever, but like, I'm going to go away again immediately. Yeah, um, immediately. And then immediately dies. Like really the worst <laughs> father on the planet. Give, give this child like- the dullest densest book you've ever heard of and then die (laughs) like wow trash (laughs) i think okay so my take is he had a heart attack Um, my take is she fucking poisoned him i don't think so i feel like she we're talking about the baroness i I feel like not danielle she's eight (laughs) danielle killed her father Um, she was just over it yeah she was like you gave me this fucking book i asked for a horse dad yeah um bring me a pony (laughs) (laughs) he gives her utopia and the next day starts getting ready to leave his hands feeling weird so he's like flexing it and looking at it like that's weird but whatever Mm, rat poison says goodbye to danielle and and the baroness (laughs) and starts riding away and danielle's like wait it's tradition he always waves when he gets back to the gate and and then yes he immediately dies and falls off the horse well he's not dead yet because danielle like runs up to him and everyone runs up to him and's like oh no what's going on and then he dies i'm just gonna say i don't think she poisoned him we we disagree on this point (laughs) we disagree on this point that's fine um, i mean technically like if any of us is correct it's you but i still think i am (laughs) (laughs) 10 years later a lovely glowing Drew Barrymore. We love to see it. And so she's out picking apples and shit. And this fucking guy comes out of nowhere and tries to steal her horse. And she's like, drop the booty hoe because I'm about to pay you with some apples. You're trying to steal my father's horse. And he's like, oh, gee, I'm so sorry. He falls off the horse. His fucking regalia is everywhere. And she's like, oh my God, you're the prince. So she meets the prince. Prince is like, hey, here's a shit ton of gold servant, peasant girl. We never saw each other. After she like threw like sixteen apples at him, and she was like, "Okay, fine." So she has a she good aim. Huh? I will say she has a great yeah, aim. She was like, she, she could have hit him in the face if she really wanted to, but I, think I thought she, she did. She like hit him in the head. Well, yeah, I was thinking like when he turned around, she could have like uh, still like got a couple <laughs> in the eyes, you know. I feel like this is the reason why he can never recognize her after yeah. this point. <laughs> he was concussed. Yeah, he just has a concussion. I literally wrote in my notes that she was. <laughs> She was going Miley Cyrus and or Miley Stewart Hannah Montana on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best of both worlds, girl. 
Hmm. So he gives her some gold to like keep her quiet about the fact that he is not at the palace and took her horse. And she decides to use this money to buy back the servant, one of the kitchen maid's husband, who was sold off by her stepmother to repay a debt. So, which I was like, is that a thing? But I guess it is. Because he's what? Like an indentured servant. And so because the Baroness is like spending all this money that they don't have. She's got to repay her debt. She's got to repay it somehow. So she's just like... A side plot in the movie is that things around the estate are going missing. Yeah. And she keeps blaming it on the servants and taking it out of their pay and And sells Maurice to go to the Americas. Yeah. She sells it to like the crown to repay her debts. And the crown is like, okay, well, we're just going to sell these indentured servants to, you know, people going to the Americas. Uh, Yeah. And then uh, Danielle's like, well, shit, I don't want Maurice to like, be shipped off to the Americas. So I'm going to dress up in fancy garb and take my gold and go try and buy him back, like repay the debt and, you know, free him essentially. And so she shows, she strolls up in her hot outfit and she's in girl boss mode, hundred percent arguing with the jailer. Who's got Maurice trapped in a little box and lo and behold, who rolls up the prince. And he's like, Hey, and she's like, I don't know you. And he's like, I think we know each other. And she quotes Thomas More to him because she's trying to free her, you know, servant. And he's like, oh, you know Thomas More? You're not like other girls. And like, she's like, not only did I read it, I liked it. And he's like, whoa. (laughs) He was like, oh, that was boring. I hated, I hate reading about poor people. (laughs) She was like, it was the best thing I ever read. And he was like, wow. So she's like, release my man. And he's like, okay and so she takes Maurice home and he's like who are you and like he will not fucking stop pestering her and she's like I'm in town with my cousin he's like who's your cousin she's like I don't know and then scampers off and the queen (laughs) interrupts and he's like darn it mother love the queen love the king they're both iconic and so you know he's arguing with his parents he doesn't want to marry he doesn't want to be in an arranged marriage to the princess of Spain he doesn't know her he doesn't he doesn't love her because he's never met her and like it's it's terrible and they're literally like yeah but you're hella privileged and like this is the one fucking thing you have to do and then the king's finally like listen like i'll call off this arranged marriage if you find a bride at this one ball i'm hosting next week let's back up a minute oh. we skipped the entire uh leonardo da vinci oh intro. my god oh my god yes i wrote that in my notes i'm so <laughs> sorry so yeah so at one point fucking prince is walking back he's like all sad about like being a prince and he's talking to his like bff leonardo to fucking vinci like he just shows up which i guess is a thing like he did it was okay so leonardo da vinci spent the last few years of his life in france so he was the resident artist for king francis which in this movie is henry's dad the king but the timeline is a little wibbly wobbly because i think at the time that he i believe it was 1516 yeah. or something like that when he went to do that at that time prince or king francis was a lot younger than he is in this movie yeah um, so there's some some timeline inconsistencies but you know what it doesn't really matter um <laughs> i know it's so inconsequential but i do pay attention um, also utopia was written in 1516 
or was published in 1516 so like yeah. danielle would not have had it uh for 10 years at this point right it would have not have been like a withered ass wrinkly copy if we're sticking if we're basing our timeline accuracy solely on the lifespan of leonardo da vinci which it seems we are you're correct but ultimately i don't care about any of these things because it's a cute movie no it was hilarious because he's like talking about like the princess of spain and he like unrolls this thing and it's the fucking mona lisa and i was like stop (laughs) (laughs) at first i thought it was like trying to indicate that that was the princess of spain and i was like no (laughs) i was dying i loved it but the middle bit of the movie is her just like meeting the prince off and on in like various scenarios and the baroness her stepmother trying to like get marguerite like it good with the royal family so that she marries the prince because you know word gets out that he's no longer in an arranged marriage and so the prince is under the impression that she's like this duchess that danielle is this duchess who is i guess actually or countess or whatever which was actually her mother's title so she's posing as her mother, hanging out with the prince, and, you know, they fall in love, and they, like, you know, go on a day trip together to this Franciscan church. So after their night out, they go, and um, she's dropped off, they share another kiss, and then he's all <laughs> hype. He's like, I know she's the one for me, like, I know this girl, and meanwhile, the stepmother is, like, on to Cinderella, because, like, obviously she was gone all night, wasn't, like, cooking them fucking bread and biscuits or whatever and she was pissed about it and this is kind of when you know danielle starts to like stand up for herself more because she's like i'm in love love makes me invincible and then she's like make bread yourself or boil water yourself or whatever and so then they figure out when marguerite and the queen go and have a, a nice afternoon tea with the queen of france that Danielle and the prince had been out together all night and that's where she was so then she gets like a lashing which I was like what the fuck like who which one of those women like wielded the fucking whip I want I mean obviously it was you know the stepmother but like I could not imagine that like that woman like bringing a whip down with like any sort of like skill or force but regardless she you know Danielle gets a, a whipping she's probably pretty kinky so she's got some practice that's tea i mean you saw how she's treating the uh the court insider mm-hmm. so like she was like getting those fingies all over there yeah. I was like, oh this is tantalizing <laughs> do i want to be him <laughs> yes uh yes the answer is yes up down and sideways um <laughs> <laughs> yes so they find out their dirty little secret danielle gets a, a beating <laughs> and she is not allowed to go to the ball anymore. And Marguerite, being like a cold-ass bitch, burns her copy of Utopia. And that's just heartbreaking. So then she is locked in the basement, in the cellar, and the ball begins. And her fairy god, Da Vinci, shows up <laughs> with, you know, help from some friends to, like, get her out. And he makes her some wings and shit, and she goes to the ball. And well, you thought that the ball scene was just they lock eyes and they fall in love. No, worse. She rolls up and she's like, I need to tell you something. And he's like, no, I love you. Like, I'm going to bring you to my family and we're going to like, we're going to do this right here, right now, Queenie. And she's like, no, seriously, I got to tell you something. And he's like, wait. 
So then the stepmother intervenes at the ball and she's like, this girl isn't a countess. She's a commoner. And, you know, Danielle has to be like, yes, it's true. And this hoe, Henry, the prince, is like, address me as royalty, blah, 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 blah. And he's all offended and upset that Danielle betrayed him. And so she runs out crying and like, he's all like pissed off because he's like embarrassed and like confused. Then we find out that all the things that the stepmother had been, you know, siphoning away uh, in order to make money and like skimp on the pay of the servants was going to Monsieur Le Pew, who was this nasty hoe <laughs> who has been trying to get with Danielle from the jump, even though he's like 400 and she's like a hot 20, you know? It's such an interesting side plot that like only comes into play at the very end, you yeah. know? I mean, like, I guess that's not true. I guess like the things disappearing and the Baroness like blaming it on Danielle and the servants and stuff yeah. is like all throughout but like Pepe Le Pew <laughs> so the Very, just an interesting tone shift at the end there it really was like I really just was not like sure what's gonna happen so like yeah so she sold off to this Pepe Le Pew which I love that he was wearing like black and white like very like literally Pepe Le Pew and the prince realizes he wants to marry her and like still loves her tries to find her she's been sold off so he tries to go rescue her meanwhile she's literally holding Pepe Le Pew at knife point and you know he hands over the key and she frees herself and he like the prince arrives as she's just casually walking out of the you know castle little palace thing and so I guess they at some point get married, but we we don't see that part. They did it in secret to be petty so that they yeah. can have this little meeting at the end where yeah. they bring the Baroness and the daughter in front of everyone. And then they're just like, I, you haven't met my wife. And then my wife? Like, like, when did this happen? <laughs> like they had a secret wedding just to be petty. I know. They kind of like robbed us of the wedding, but I understand that it was for dramatic effect and I will like get over it. Um, and so Marguerite and the Baroness are doomed for eternity to work in the um, laundry room of the palace. And Danielle was like, I will never think about you again, but you will think about me forever. So, yeah, that is the the movie. Yeah. They live happily ever, ever after. The point is that they lived. They lived. Did you believe that? No, they obviously died at some point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, review over. Good work, guys. Yeah, so what are your overall thoughts on the movie? I liked it more than I thought I was going to. I'm not going to lie. Like, when mm -hmm. I first started watching it, I was like, oh, man. Like, when I first heard Drew's British accent, I was like, oh, Lord. I don't understand, like, American movies set in, like, any European country. Yeah only speaking british accents yes but not even good british accents have the more and they hire american actors to play the lead which is fine i feel like drew marymore it's iconic you know yeah yeah i mean it's, it's not offensive yeah. to anyone no of course not, but it's just like deal with it but yeah but if we're sitting here we're gonna be like okay the accent sucks it's like well you know they did hire an american actor so like yeah anyway okay Prince i'm conflicted on this point <laughs> help me through this but i think what i i liked about it was like and i could kind of get the sense from the jump 
was like this was definitely going to be like a less like oh she's just pretty and nice and that's why the prince falls in love with her um and more like like in some versions of cinderella like that's how she's like not like other girls is just that she's so like strikingly beautiful and like you know like you know with unending kindness like she literally could be set on fire and she would like thank the person yeah (laughs) forgive you thank the person for lighting her on fire like oh i was cold like (laughs) that's why they call me cinderella yeah i'm just always chilly and i need to be covered in ash to stay warm i'm just so tiny and cute um (laughs) so petite and small (laughs) so but in other versions like ellen enchanted and like you know this movie you know the the heroine is much more like strong-willed and like that's what makes her not like other girls um and thus <laughs> I that's why I kind of liked it I was like okay this, we're going more like she's not like other girls because she's like a badass and I was here for <laughs> she's it she's like, smart she reads books <laughs> she's smart she read Thomas More a decade she's before a, it was published <laughs> she's an activist she really was like she really was going full activist she was people. doing some you know social justice 100 she was she which was i respect sure, yes she was making sure the people's voices were heard and suddenly there was a university yay you know social economics is solved <laughs> no problems that need yep. to be that need to be solved in a revolution at all Some, yes yeah i was about to say like somehow <laughs> uh didn't stop the revolution from happening but you know she did her best with the uh you know tools she had she couldn't see into the future. She uh, she became queen and was all of a sudden like, you know what? Everyone else Let can keep working. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Cake is fucking good. Let them work in the laundry room forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know so. what? Execute all the thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed my mind. Don't you know what? Leave. Henry, you're right. Henry, you're right. Poor people are trash. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I just loved, like, you know, I like that it's set in a different time period because, I mean, they they do, obviously, all the different iterations. Most of them stick to around, like, the same time period. Like, the 1700s, like, early 1800s, when it was, like, set in, you know, the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm thinking, like, Lily James's Cinderella, Brandy's Cinderella, like, the Cinderella, the original Disney Cinderella, like they're all set around like the same time period. So it's nice to see like, and there's a lot of obvious modern adaptations. So it's nice to see like one that's a bit more of a throwback to like mm-hmm. Renaissance. Like why not, why not add Leonardo da Vinci to this? Like fuck it up, you know, like the world is your oyster. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think an interesting thing about having Leonardo da Vinci be like the fairy godmother character. Yeah is they're replacing the like magic that's in most of the other adaptations with science um i liked that it's interesting i feel like it's pretty clever i really liked her fairy god da vinci yeah you know he's one of the best characters for sure he was he was he was an icon he had some great lines (laughs) looks like rain oh yeah my favorite line though was from the king when like they were having their little argument and mm-hmm. Henry was like, I don't want the crown. And he was like, Well, you won't have it and I'll just live forever. And he was, like, <laughs> very like I'll deny you the crown and yeah, I'll simply 
live forever. Yeah. So good. And so he was like, and simply not die. Like that's what he said. <laughs> that's what got me. I was like, yes, you you got you gave it to him. Sir, bitch. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good one-liners in this movie that I think yeah. really help make it endearing. And, and make it like, you know, just a cozy little fairy tale, you know? Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time watching it. But yeah, I, I I love Ever After. I think it's like I said before, just super nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. It was a slumber party movie. It was one of those like, do you remember the little like little TVs in the back of like vans and stuff? Yes. Like this is one of those movies that was constantly playing whenever I would be in one of those vans. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I was my family never owned one of those. Neither did vans, we? But yeah, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. So it just makes me, it just like throws me back to like yeah. a time when I would be like hanging out with friends and they had the fancy van with the TV on the back of the seat <laughs> and like just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. cute. The Prince was um, kind of a piece of shit throughout the entire movie. Totally. And then she forget, first of all, first of all, you know, after his performance at the ball, if he had showed up and been like, Danielle, wait. I would turn around and be like, excuse me? Now we're on a first name basis? I'm sorry, your highness. Like, I don't fucking think so. Like, yes, I am a peasant girl, but clearly you want this pussy, so you better be on your knees begging for forgiveness. Not just sitting there with a fucking slipper in your hand being like, can I put this on your foot? Because no, you're weird. I will say, though, in that scene, he does show the most growth, I feel like, out of anyone in the entire movie like he's mm. the only one that has like a really decent like story like character arc you know because the entire movie he's like just super privileged and like really ignorant arrogant yeah i was gonna say a pussy but you said it yeah better, he so. was a pussy and <laughs> <laughs> he was a pussy was um say? yeah so he uh he was acting like that acting like a child mm. pretty much the entire movie really was not really seeing Danielle as like a person even when she was his object of desire before he yeah. finding out that she was a servant or whatever mm-hmm. or just like oh wow you're not like other girls and you don't like let me say whatever I want you know and I like that you're smart wow. I like that about you but in the last scene like well I guess Da Vinci calls him out beforehand when he's like standing in the rain like caressing the shoe and then he shows up to be like hey I realized that like you were you were telling me who you were or trying to tell me who you were I wasn't listening and then at the first sign of like problems I overreacted and acted like a child and so I'm here to apologize for that so I think it's like nice that he was able to pinpoint what he did wrong and then apologize for it and not be like try to make excuses which i think is good sure <laughs> no i do i do like that he was like i was an ass and you were an ass henry but ooh, lordy i don't know <laughs> it would have taken a lot more for me i was an ass but i, I mean to be fair i think she was just kind of like god damn just like walked out of pepe Le Pew's house after possibly killing him we don't know um 
we don't know the fate don't really know what happened and i'm okay with that i like to leave it up to speculation and then to see him and be like all right he's it's not he's better than my previous he's better than pepe le pew (laughs) that's fair that is fair i'd be like you know what get me the fuck out of here i will listen to your apology on the road like let's go (laughs) she was barefoot he's given her a shoe you know she wasn't barefoot he took her shoe off to put the other shoe on oh it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> uh... sure <laughs> it simply does not matter <laughs> what did you think of pepe Le Pew? i like okay i Richard get like, why he had to exist i did not like i didn't like how they made it like a sexual thing mm-hmm. like you know i get i guess what i'm saying is like it, I just didn't like that it had to be like a sexual thing mm-hmm. like if she wanted if they wanted to keep it like she was sold to him and like she still freed herself um that's cool but like don't make it some weird like perverse like like borderline like pedophilic kind of like situation you know like little, little like- girls don't really need to see that or yeah. little children in general don't really need to see that in order for like it the situation to be dire like you can just say she was sold off to some dude and she like fought for her freedom and like that's cool too i i would have been satisfied with that as a consumer it just didn't quite fit tonally with the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. in my opinion they tried Uh, to set it up when he was like like hitting on her in the market but it wasn't enough and so then when he was sold like she was sold off to him like and then he was like trying to put that thing down um it was too much yeah i mean he only appeared the one time and then you forget about him completely because all this other stuff is going on and then like all of a sudden (laughs) she's being dragged away yeah (laughs) like oh this guy okay like i am just as confused as she is like i guess he's the big bad the whole time yeah but (laughs) like it was obvious from the jump that like the baroness was the one selling that shit off Mm -hmm. um and then she was like using it as an excuse to not pay her employees so like cool but you know and the reveal that he was the one buying it like also whatever um oh it was kind just... of felt like someone just gave the script to ever after to richard o'brien just to look at and he was like you know what there's not enough weird sex stuff in this yeah let's, you know what you know who me needs in to here. be in this film me <laughs> I wrote myself into the script, like, hands it back <laughs> with, like, red pen all over it. They're like, we didn't ask for that. It does we feel very it. 90s um, to have her have this, like, save herself moment. Which, I don't know. I guess that's not necessarily 90s, but it just feels very, like... It does. Of its time. Like, that's what would be expected of a, like, feminist movie at the time, right. you know? I almost would have liked it if, like, she was holding, like, Peppa Le Pew at gunpoint and she was, like, about to, like, <laughs> rip this hoe to shreds and Henry was like, my darling, don't kill him. And she's like, I'm going to kill him. And then he's at like, gunpoint? No. <laughs> yeah, at, at knife point. She's going to kill him. She has gunpowder. She has gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> she is a wench. Who has ridden the Silk Roads and she brought had a, back gunpowder? A gun under her dress the whole time. Yeah. So if he had like come in and like, I don't know, like 
came in with the assist to save her. Like, again, like she can obviously save herself. And that's the whole point. But I guess I'm just like a little old fashioned, like quasi romantic. And I'm like, if he'd like came in and like, like helped her like at the last minute, like to really get free, that would have been great. But you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah. 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 That I, I guess that's like why it feels so disconnected is because like Henry's not, he doesn't play a part in that at all, which is fine. Like I understand yeah. the point, but it does feel just like, okay, we have this scene and then she's walking away and then and then the resolution to the rest of the story you know right and also it's like you know she didn't do much to help herself the entire movie like yeah she started to stand up for her herself and I guess like the ultimate like the ultimate example of her like standing up for herself is literally like about to murder this dude <laughs> so she can be free but I don't know like every other step that she took to like help herself or others like it came at like some of it came at the mercy of like godfather leonardo da vinci or like the prince or the king or whoever so i guess they had to just be like she don't need no high like high status man to help her i don't know like it just felt really forced in some ways yeah oh well all in all though like it was a good movie like Mm. i get that it's a sleepover movie i'm here for it it's cozy all right do you have any other thoughts on ever after a cinderella story no i don't okay all right (laughs) no (laughs) no (laughs) just vibes (laughs) bye-bye that's it (laughs) all right so now i guess we can do our top five cinderella adaptations which is what everyone's here for um, yes that is the only reason anybody shows up at the <laughs> anybody shows up these days would you like to start us off with your number five sure my number five is the lily james version of cinderella okay um i don't know i think it's like i mean she her version is definitely like she's just so good and so sweet and so kind and like can literally be set on fire and thank you for it Mm -hmm. um but i don't know she's just so pretty and um i did love what is his name richard who the hell is the prince I know who you're talking about. Madden. The guy who plays Madden. Um, yeah, Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Um he plays Rob he Stark. Was so he was the prince. Like he was just like he looked the part. Honestly though, he looked more like Eric from Little Mermaid if we're going mm-hmm. like like I don't know, for like exact looks from the Disney versions, but no, he was so cute, so it worked out well. Um I'm here for that version. Just very wholesome. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen that version, so I can't. Oh, I can't really speak on it too much. That's okay. It does look cute. It is, and her dress is just stunning. Mm -hmm. My number five is the OG Cinderella, the 1950s Disney. Ah. Um, not because I think it's like one of my favorite movies of all time or anything like that. It's just I think it's classic and it it's what we like reference when we think of Cinderella you know it's like our our mind automatically goes to Mm -hmm. to that image first kind of sets up our understanding of the character because I personally did not read the Grimm's Brothers no version nor did I read like the the old French text (laughs) 
<laughs> ye old Cinderella. Yeah. So OG Disney Cinderella is my number five. Um okay. We're on to number four. Yes. Ella Enchanted is my number four. Okay. Um, I remember reading the book. So I was all for the book. Mm-hmm. And then when it became a movie, I was like, hell's bells. I'm here for it. What I do appreciate about, and I might be mistaken because I haven't seen Ellen Enchanted in a very long time, but if I'm not mistaken, they don't fake British accents. Like if you're British in the movie, you have a British accent, but if you're American in the movie, you have an American accent. Yeah. I think that's yeah accurate. Yeah. And I kind of like, I kind of appreciate it. Like, you know, come as you are. <laughs> this, it's not trying film. to to be like historical fiction. It's just a it's, fantasy. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's that's all I have to say. But I liked the concept um, of her like being unable to say no to like commands and everything. And like, mm. you know, her her will to like be a good person and like her love for the prince and all this is like what you know is like that is like her own version of like standing up for herself Mm -hmm. which is the other like I guess like fork in the road for Cinderella is like you're either like too good and pure for this world or like you're really beaten down but you're you know you eventually stand up for Cinderella eventually stands up for herself and still has grace and like patience for the people who wronged her like so yeah so that's why i like ellen chanted nice i also really like ellen chanted um but we'll talk about that later okay it's also on my list um <laughs> <Okay. laughs> what's your number four my number four is um a cinderella story nice mm-hmm. okay give it to me I just think it's another slumber party movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was, it's like peak 2000s or like, <laughs> yeah, it's like peak 2000s. Yeah. Hillary Duff's prime. Who's that? Who's the the prince? Like, what's his name? Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, Chad Michael Murray. Another like just classic teen just... heartthrob. Yeah, I was going to say early 2000s mm-hmm. heartthrob. Yes. Yes. We got Jennifer you. Coolidge as a stepmom, which I think is just like. Iconic. Iconic casting and it wasn't like a farm or an estate it was like a a diner that you Mm -hmm. know she inherited so the modern take on on a classic tale she is definitely uh, not like other girls type um with her like weird dming um poetry Mm -hmm. and going to yale princeton Princeton? Princeton and going to Princeton like wow okay if your Ivy League expectations are so low that you only want to go to Princeton okay let's reevaluate wait okay so can you tell me how did the dad die in the Disney in the like Emily James Cinderella I think it was a similar thing where he like he went off on a because he was like a businessman or a tradesman or something like that Mm. and he went off on another like trade venture and he just like gets an illness and dies okay. like he dies off screen in lily james's version in a cinderella story the dad dies in an earthquake and i feel yeah. like it's just as abrupt as um any other cinderella story it's just oh okay so random. Died or did jennifer coolidge hit him over the head with a rock and blame it on an earthquake also i'm confused did the house like cave in on him and then they rebuilt the house. 
Or did he just like fall through a crack? <laughs> like, is I the house really, still standing? I've never I really thought about it don't too know. Maybe he fell off a cliff. So he left the house and just fell off a cliff. And that's, it wasn't even earthquake related. It was just. I don't know. I don't remember that part. <laughs> All I know is he's dead. Yeah. But anyways, the movie's cute. Poison. There's definitely, you know. <laughs> Some things that haven't aged well, but overall, I can rewatch it and enjoy it, and it's yeah. fun. All right, number three, go for it. My number three is this movie, Ever After. Aww. I really liked it. Nice. Yeah it it really warm it really grew on me. All what right. about your number three? My number three is um, the Roger and Hammerstein Brandy Cinderella. Yes, oh, iconic. We got Whitney Houston. We do. We got Whoopi Goldberg. Absolutely. We got Brandy. We got Brandy. We got Bernadette Peters. You're right. I forgot about Bernadette Peters. I love Bernadette Peters. Stacked cast. We have a we, white dad, a black mom, and an Asian son. We it's great. Love it. Can't a very stop that. Modern family. <laughs> Indeed. No, adoption, it's, it's great. Adoption is in in that kingdom. It's cheesy, it's campy, it's sweet, it's... And the music's just lovely and yeah. just heartwarming, yeah. Yeah, I was actually, fun fact about me, in a Roger and Hammerstein production of Cinderella when I was 13. Oh! Yes, so I I feel like I am like, this version of Cinderella is very near and dear to my heart because Aww. I Who was you part of Cinderella? it. Who were you in Cinderella? Were you one of the stepsisters? No, I was... Oh. Um, I was a lot of characters. I was like in the background, so I was like rotating. Oh, um, okay, cool. But You're I was part of the ensemble. I was. Um, this is not very progressive of of the casting, but I was uh, the fat girl, and I was thirteen and like maybe ninety pounds. Um, uh, I was a mouse that turns into a horse. I was a person <laughs> at the ball. Wow. Yeah. You really, you were really all over that stage. I was. Work. It was great. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was community theater, so it was, like, very low stakes. Oh, cute. <laughs> but it was fun. Stop. I love it. Yeah. All right. What is your number two? My number two is is Brandy's. Um, Aww. Roger and Hammerstein, Brandy, Cinderella. For all the same reasons. Like, mm-hmm. you know, love the music, love the cast, just the nostalgia behind it. <sighs> I feel like we don't have a like a better fairy godmother than Whitney. No, Houston. than Whitney, absolutely not. Fairy no. fairy god Da Vinci comes pretty close, but not quite. It's yeah, it's it's fun, but the the magic and and just the flair of of Whitney's fairy godmother is unmatched. Right. Okay, well, my number two is Ever After. Nice. Oh, look at us swapping, swapping hoes. I mean, I feel like there's a limited pool of Cinderella movies that we were pulling from, and we have similar this is taste. True. So, I, I, this is to be expected. I think. I think so. But yeah, I, I've already stated. I, I think Ever After is just very sweet. It's nostalgic. It's different because it's trying to do the like historical fiction thing. Mm-hmm. It's Drew Barrymore. In her prime. It is Drew Barrymore. It's Angelica Houston. It's everything that we've already talked about for the past hour. So I won't go into it too much more, but it is definitely near and dear to my heart. So, yeah. Nice. 
Yay. Well, my number one is the Camila Cabello Cinderella. Madeline. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be furious. I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> she got me good. Yeah, I got I, I caught you hose. <laughs> no, I was like, what else is left? Because and then you throw that at me. I'm like, I was gonna believe you. Well, no, honestly, I haven't seen it, so like why? <laughs> but um I on, have. Billy Porter as fairy godmother. No, like... I have seen it. No. Yeah, no. No, my number one is a Cinderella story because uh-huh. I watched it recently and like it's so it's just like a corny like Disney modern Cinderella. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like the the quote where she's like she's like you'll never know like the real me because like you won't open your like she says something like that's like supposed to be so deep where it's like you won't even open your eyes to see the real me or whatever and then like <laughs> runs away. It's like so fucking stupid. <laughs> I love it so much. And it's like, you know, our Lord and Savior, Hilary Duff, like, yes, Chad Michael Murray, um, teenage heartthrob, all the things we had, we'd had also previously stated. It's just, it's just chef's kiss, roller skate diner and all. Yeah. I, I think uh, another sweet anecdote that I have is for this movie is uh, my sister got married recently and on the wedding day like in the morning when we're all getting ready and stuff we were just trying to think like should we put on music while we're all getting ready uh should we put on a movie or a tv show and so we ended up putting on we were like what's a good like wedding day movie like what's like a romantic just like get us in the mood for whimsy and romance and so we decided to put on a a cinderella story oh that's so nice so we were just all watching that in the background while we were getting ready and Cute. And if uh, there are any videos of the the reveal when she came out wearing her dress and everything, you'll see <laughs> us all standing in front of a TV playing Cinderella Story in the background. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I love that. A nice little touch to yeah. the Cinderella Story. She comes out on top. Yeah. What's your number one? My number one's Ella Enchanted. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I it's I watched it recently um because okay the story is <laughs> i tried to watch the amazon camilla cabello version and like we got maybe 15 minutes into it and i was like this is literally just like a bad version of ella enchanted so mm-hmm. let's just watch that so we watched that and it had been maybe 10 years since i've seen it last yeah. and it was a joyous ride like we got the guy at the beginning narrating the guy from um monty python narrating the whole thing oh nice i feel like anne hathaway is an iconic it's musical she's an activist she's everything that you said earlier about like her her not being able to make the decision to not like do what people ask because it's like a curse Mm. i feel like helps with the like agency of it you know yeah she feels more like a true character like well-rounded character with like things going on interests yeah. passions she is not like other girls she's cursed <laughs> <True>. <laughs> if anyone were to say they're not like other girls it would be ella agreed thousand percent um 
I think the prince in this movie is really cute and like charming. His name's Char. I, I don't know. It's just fun all around. And also the actor who plays Wesley in um, Princess Bride plays the villain. And oh, I know who you're talking about. Can't remember his name. I'm a, I'm terrible podcast host. I should have all this really? information. Yeah, me, but... same. Um, Carrie. Oh, Carrie. Carrie Elwes. Elwes. E L W. Carrie Yules. Yules. Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. Fuck me. I don't know. Elwes. Carrie Elwes. You know him, the Princess Bride dude. Yeah, he plays the villain. And I don't know. I just love. He's just so cheesy in everything that he's in, and I love it. <laughs> He's in he's in like a few episodes of Psych, that TV show, and I live for all those episodes. So yes, anything that Carrie Ellis is in, <laughs> I'm I'm behind. 100 percent We got Minnie Driver, which I don't feel like I see her in a lot of things, but everything she's in is great. She was also in the new Cinderella movie, the Camilla Cabello one. Was she, she plays the stepmother? Like the, no, she plays the queen. Oh. It's weird. Like she and okay, <laughs> my memory's going. Who plays the love interest in Mamma Mia? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan's the king. So she and Pierce Brosnan. No, are he married. was cast in another musical. I thought we put an end to that. Nor Liar. <laughs> yeah, so she and uh, Pierce Brosnan are having marital issues. Um, Aren't we all? And I feel like that's the most compelling part of the movie, but. <laughs> they're they're like marriage dramas king and queen damn that's because they're great actors and like high key camila cabello isn't so that's that's all she wrote (laughs) you know okay wait does camila camilla camilla cabello have a um like a fan base like collective name like beyonce is the hive um Ariana Grande is like the Arianators because all I'm saying is like if you're actually a good pop star you would have a like fan base name and she doesn't so like that speaks volumes <laughs> true 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 now what are Adele's now that I, now that I think about it like we need to solve some things anyway but yeah so Ella Enchanted's fantastic <laughs> um Back to you should, yeah, you should watch it. I, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to avoid this turning into us just shitting on Camila Cabello for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> which is that we are walking a fine line. That's our top five. Mm. It certainly is. Well, I guess we can wrap it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this has been another episode of Another Picture Show podcast. If you liked listening to us you can listen to more episodes on youtube or spotify or google podcasts or wherever you get podcasts uh and we'd love to hear your feedback if you have it so follow us on instagram and send us some dms (laughs) (laughs) love you love you madeline love you olivia bye bye